1: my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban marshall credit card bill
0: nordvpn.com slash fightful how about this 30-day money-back guarantee four months free watch your favorite shows abroad whether you're traveling or you're at home and you want to watch something from overseas access this on all of your devices phone laptop desktop pc tablet doesn't matter three great tiers A pass, a locker, a VPN, or all three. Block annoying pop-up ads. Block malware. Block online trackers. Keep your data safe. Browse anonymously. Browse securely with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Shield your data from snoops and criminals. You know I'm a snoop. I'm not a criminal, but I am a snoop. So unless you want me getting your scoops, get NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Secure all of your devices. Check it out. It's a great deal. How can you afford to miss this? You're going to end up saving money with NordVPN.com slash Fightful and having a better browsing experience. Welcome back
2: to another edition of Grapsity Interviews, and today we are joined by a man who is making his name all across the wrestling industry. You have seen him on AEW, seen him in MLW, seen him on New Japan Strong. You can see him anywhere wrestling is happening in your neck of the woods. He is the one and only Danny Limelight. What's up, Danny? What's good, me How y'all doing, baby? Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for hey. being a part of this. Thank you for being on Grapsity Interviews. Love talking to, to pretty much anybody in the wrestling industry, but it's always great to talk to people who um, are in the process of getting their, I won't say feet wet, because you've gotten, I'd say we're well past that point, <laughs> but really getting their name established, getting out there, getting right. uh, getting booked, being on TV, being pretty much any place you can be, and,
3: and we've seen that from you. Yes, sir. Uh, man, I heard a lot of good things about y'all, you know, and I'm glad we're doing this. But you're right. Yeah, I mean – I guess I kind of been having my dipping my feet in the water for a while now, but things have really been shaking up these last two years. So we'll see what happens, you know?
4: Right. Uh, got a big match coming up, uh, UWN championship match against Jordan Clearwater. Um, what can people expect for this match?
3: Man, first of all, um, shout outs to the United wrestling network. That was, that's actually my home company. You know, uh, this is where I first started really wrestling at seven years ago. Um, I made my debut in 2015, November. So about this time, it was TV, my first time really wrestling. Well, my own, my first time wrestling on TV, but my first time really wrestling in a professional environment. Um, I had trained for a little bit on the indies, wasn't really getting booked, you know, got kicked out of my school that I was training at. The, the owner of the school told me I'd never wrestle again and kind of just like, try to like, you know, cut my legs from underneath me. And then, you know, David Marquez gave me a call, brought me to the United Wrestling Network. At the time, it was just championship wrestling from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, I came through those doors as a tag team. Um, I've been hooking and jabbing and grinding ever since. You know, in this last, you know, this last year, he just took it to the next level, man. And now on, you know, December 11th in Irvine, you know, I'm going one-on-one with Jordan Clearwater. We got a 60 minute time limit. Clearwater has been champion for a little while now. He's taking down Coke Cabana. He's taking down Frankie Kazarian. He's taking down Carlito. He's taking down a bunch of guys, you know, that have done a lot of things in this industry for the last decade plus, you know, and, and this, this is a big one for me, man. It's the World Heavyweight Championship. It's my, my time to finally put Latinos on the map again. It's been a long time since we had a Latino world champion um, in any company so this, this is my time man I, i've been i've been grinding i've been ready i've been ready you know and, and now i finally get my hands on him and and what people couldn't expect could people expect could, you know what i'm saying they could expect poppy to do what poppy does best go out there put on a show and walk out to champ.
4: that's definitely looking up. forward to that
5: yeah um you, we talked about uh championship wrestling from hollywood you're out in la now what what decision did you make to want to wrestle over on the west coast what attracted you to the because socal wrestling is it it never has stopped being a very hot market i think Mm -hmm. with with our lucha background and the things that we do like it's a very hot market as always so what made you make the decision to want to come over here and do most of your work out here on the west coast
3: you know honestly i didn't really make the decision um Mm -hmm. i didn't know what independent wrestling was okay Growing up, I only knew WWE, like that WWF at the time. Like that's the only thing I knew when it came to wrestling. Um I, I had stopped watching wrestling right after Eddie Guerrero died. Mm-hmm. So, I missed the part of wrestling where you know Daniel Bryan became the guy, where like uh, CM Punk was the guy. I missed I missed all of that. You know, I didn't know what Ring of Honor was. I didn't know what New Japan was. I think I had seen triple-a wrestling one time at my grandma's house i'm like why are there like spanish wrestlers the, the Max? <laughs> you know, like i didn't know it you know as, as as silly as it sounds i i didn't know it and you know i got i came to cali because i was in the military i was in the marine okay. corps 10 years mm-hmm. and i was stationed out here and i went to go see wrestling with my daughter's mom um because she had never <laughs> i had bought the rocks dvd mm-hmm. and i was had my daughter watching it with me his like top 10 greatest matches and my daughter's mom came into the the, the room and she's like, "Why is Dwayne Johnson wrestling?" No I had no idea that he was a wrestler before. I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "That's the Rock," you know. Even before he, he was a live play actor. And so she said she had never watched it, you know. So I looked online, seen that they were coming to San Diego. I bought tickets. I went. It was a little date night, um, and I ran to somebody there who was training to be a pro wrestler and asked me if I wanted to train to be a pro wrestler. I was like, how the hell you do that? You know, like, I, like what are you talking about, bro? I, I, like, at the time, I was, still, I was still in the Marine Corps. You know, I was about 160 pounds at most at the time. And I, I just thought that, you know, like, I imagined wrestlers getting drafted, like the NBA draft, to go to, like, I thought you had to, like, do wrestling in college and get scouted. And, like, I didn't know there was this independent circuit like there are for independent rappers. But that's basically how he explained it to me he said it's an independent circuit for wrestling like there is for rappers right. and i'm like but well, all these soundcloud rappers don't ever get signed so like, <laughs> <laughs> at the time i was mad man, how am i gonna convince my wife to let me do this shit, you know and so i went home that night and i couldn't sleep like i had the little itch i'm like man is this possible you know like i always wanted to do this as a kid i'd practice all the moves on my sister and my little brother you know and i was like I was i was stressing you know I, I wanted it i wanted to try it you know like i'm very athletic as it was i was in good shape i was like man like i think i could do this you know but i didn't know how to convince her to let me do it mm-hmm. and then she, i'm walking around the house like in the middle of the night stressed out i couldn't sleep she wakes up you know at the time my daughter was like five months or something like that She's like, what are you doing? Who is she? I told her, I was like, I can't sleep. She's like, you thinking about the wrestling? I was like, thinking about the wrestling. I was like, I'm going to try it. So my daughter's mom, you know, shout out to my daughter's mom. We're not together no more, but we have a really good relationship for my, for my daughter. She actually paid for my first few months of wrestling training. Wow, that's good. That's and awesome. so I started training. Then I got kicked out of my school. And I'm like, right, I guess, you know this ain't going to work until Marquez called me, you know, and I went out there and then I started wrestling a little bit more. Um, And then I had took a break from like 2016 to 2018. The reason why I was the West coast wrestling was because I just happened to be out here. Right. But once I started learning about independent wrestling, I'm like, what Samoa Joe's from SoCal and he's, he's do this. And, and I learned about Ring of Honor, and then I learned about New Japan. I had I heard there was an LA dojo out here, and I met Rocky Romero at United Wrestling Network. That's where I first met Rocky. And then I was just learning so much, and I'm like, huh, like there's a lot of rich history in wrestling on the West Coast, specifically Southern California. Right. You know, you can name a bunch. You, for, SCU, you know, John Cena. Like, there's so many guys. Samoa Joe. Well, you just keep spitting guys out who came from this this area, you know. And then I look at People that worked at Championship Wrestling or United Wrestling Network before, you know, you had Cesaro or Claudio, you had Daniel Bryan here. You had, you know, all these guys who are now on TV making a lot of money that had came through at some point the Marquez system, you know, and I was like, so I'm in the the right place. You know, I just got to figure out how to do it. You know, like at the time I was trying to do all the moves, you know, I was super athletic and agile. I was trying to do all this stuff. To get noticed, um, and then I took a two year break because I went to go be a Marine Corps drone instructor, so I had stopped wrestling. And when I finished with that, I had dropped down to 135 pounds, like I was so skinny, wow. it was a stressful job. You know, you're go, go, go with recruits, non stop training them, pushing through the system so they could become Marines, but you don't have time to eat for yourself, you don't have time to sleep, really. You know, it was very draining. So before I got back to the ring, I tried to get my weight back up to 160 at the very least. Um, and then I got back into the ring. And the first place that I really started wrestling again was United Wrestling Network. I came back in, but I came this time at singles. So in 2019, I started, you know, doing some stuff. You know, I started getting thrown out to the East Coast to wrestle for, for a lot of these East Coast companies. Um, and then, you know, I did a couple of Evolve seminars did a couple of evolve little things. Then I got a match with Impact for the X Division title. And then I started doing a bunch of more stuff. And then Rocky Romero had hit me up for the, the LA Dojo tryout and come out for the New Japan tryout. So I showed up, um, I did my thing, and then the pandemic happened. So there was like no wrestling happening. And then in 2020, towards the summertime, uh, that's when Rocky called me and was like, hey, we're going to start doing this thing, but we're going to do it, you know, no fans, just studio style tapings, um, we want you to come down. And so that's when I went and made my de- debut at Lions Break Collision, I wrestled TJP, um, got my foot in the door at New Japan, then, New Japan be- then it became New Japan Strong, it started like this own little show, which is fucking awesome, if nobody watches it, they should be watching New Japan Strong. Um, then United Wrestling started doing primetime lives, like little pay-per-views on Fight TV. And then that's when AEW hit me up, and I went out there, and I was with AEW for almost a year. You know, kind of was like a mainstay on giving somebody a reason to watch, you know, Elevation on Mondays and Dark on Tuesdays. You know, I was out there doing my thing, having all these crazy matches with all this amazing talent. Um, Shout-out to AEW for giving me the opportunity. Um, and then after that, you know, I was still wrestling. At new japan strong i was still wrestling at united wrestling network um i we formed a faction there called the bodega which was Bob esco and slice boogie and myself then me and slice boogie got signed to mlw became the mlw world tag team champs um went to puerto rico became the tag team champs of puerto rico at iwa just kept grinding and grinding and grinding doing my thing and then united wrestling network you know that's i knew that i wanted to be the face of the company at the time. I would say I, I felt like I was right already the face of the company. I just didn't have the flag, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like I was the uncrowned champion. You know, I have been carrying the company on my back through the pandemic. I'm gonna stand on that. Whoever don't like it, that's that's a lying. you know. Um, <laughs> we we definitely was doing something special there. And you know, they had a world title tournament. I think the first champion crowned was Dickinson, Chris Dickinson who then lost it to Jordan Clearwater. I had always been a heel, you know, a bad guy there at United Wrestling, my whole seven years that I was there. Something happened over the spring, summertime this last year, where the fans was just, started cheering for me. And I don't know what it was. Um, I had got screwed out of a title shot, the United Wrestling number Heritage title, but I was still bad, you know, I, I didn't try to, I was just being myself. And they just started really fucking with me, you know. I feel like they always did, like they always rock with me. But it was just something—they just felt it, you know. They felt it. They saw in my face. They saw something. It's also because I stopped trying to do all these wrestling moves, and I started trying to really catch the audience and pull them in. You know, a lot of companies started giving me a microphone. Once they put the microphone in my hand, it was a wrap because I have a lot of shit to say. I could talk for as long as we need to talk here today.
5: Mm
3: -hmm. And they just loved it. You know, and and then New Japan started giving me a live mic in the ring. You know, MLW was giving me live mics in the ring. Everybody was just giving me a microphone, letting me say what I wanted to say. And as I was starting to climb back up the ranks with the crowd behind me, Clearwater was standing on top of the mountain, knocking down anybody they sent to him, you know. And then there was the Golden Opportunity Tournament. I won that, became number one contender. And now here we are, ready for the big fight in December. You know what I'm saying? Going into the new year with a bang.
4: So you said that uh, a lot of guys were giving you the mic. Um, I think some of that popularity started with MLW from at least how much I followed you. Um, What happened there? Because I feel like 5150 was popping at one point and then it just kind of abruptly stopped. So what happened there?
3: Honestly, bro, I couldn't tell you. Like, I felt like we had something special going on there. I had a great time at MLW. I think that they really, besides United Wrestling Network, always let me do promos, but mm-hmm. never gave me a live bike in the ring. MLW kind of like early on realized that, that this shit right here was money. Right. It was like, just go out there and talk before your match. And I went out there, you know, and it was me, Conan, Slice Boogie, and Julia Smokes. And I think you're, that's really where a lot of the, like people started being like oh he's like this guy's actually a personality too like he's just not this guy who can do these moves and kind of you know cuz at AW they never gave me a mic and I would ask all the time to do a promo right. before my match on dark I would ask for a little you know I would I would try, you know it just wouldn't happen so they only seen me doing these cool things and having these cool matches they never seen me as a personality they never seen like me be me and so once MLW started giving me a microphone you know shit started popping and i think where things kind of went downhill there was Conan got sick he couldn't come he had to get surgery he had to go through you know his recovery process shout out to Conan that he's doing better now um they kind of left me and Boogie and Julius by ourselves which was fine because we could do it anyways you know and then some Boogie had some some personal things come up so he had to go away it was just me and julia smokes and they were trying to figure out something they had brought homicide in one time then they started bringing hernandez in trying to keep it going but it it just started falling apart and i told them you know like let me do it by myself if if we can't get this fifty one fifty thing to rock because of all these issues let me go by myself i was a singles wrestler before anything else you know and um I just, I just felt like there was just a timing thing where we couldn't, they, they didn't really have nothing for me. So, you know, luckily they took good care of me. They let me go. Um, so thank you to Court Bauer for, you know, the opportunity that MLW gave me. I felt like it definitely did really start getting me out there as a personality. Um, they allowed me to be myself. Um, so I, I love that for them. I love them for that. And, and I kind of just kept going with it. I took the, that, what I was doing there and I brought it to new Japan and I brought it to United wrestling. And then now, you know, that I'm a free, this show is sponsored by better help.
0: If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but,
3: Agent, like I could do whatever I want now, you know, like I'm still dating limelight, you know, but now I got a live mic and I'm capable of saying whatever I want. You know, I say all the time mic on, safety off.
4: So well you tweeted that earlier this year. That is absolutely the status. You are a free agent. Yes. Gotcha.
3: Hundred percent free agent. That's so
5: speaking of um. 5150 and the people that you were just uh talking about you mentioned homicide you just had a very big match with homicide mm-hmm. how was it to first of all have the interaction with him in, in mlw because he's such a veteran of the game and just a great guy and how was yeah. the match against him
3: man you got all gonna have to tune in it, it drops this saturday i New Japan strong yeah um It was great, you know, uh, meeting him for the first – that was the first time I had met him was at MLW. I had never met him before that. Um, He was dope, man. Like, a lot of people give us a lot of comparisons because of the LAX 5150, his style, my style, Puerto Rican, New Yorkers. Um, He was cool, man. It was good people. So was Hernandez. Hernandez was really good people too. Um, A lot of love for those guys. And it was just, you know, beating the ring with him. We kind of told a really good story in the sense of, you know, I'm Team Filthy. You know, been, before any, before I was fifty one fifty, I was Team Filthy in New Japan, and you know he had a crazy match with Tom. He grabbed the fork, tried to fork Tom, and I pulled Tom out. We <laughs> kind of told a little story, and then you know me and him had a banger that's gonna drop this week, and and it was, I was sore. <laughs> I <woke up laughs> very very sore. Let's say let's say that. I feel like I got hit by a bus. Um, but he's a great dude, man. I learned a lot from him, but. It ain't done, you know. He got he got his little one up on me. I low key know he's a hater though. I will say that <laughs> he's a hater. He's, he's said that I'm the better looking, charismatic version of him. That's what it is. Gotcha. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be seeing him soon in New Japan. I don't know when, but he better be ready. Yeah what what's it
4: what's it like working with Tom Lawler? By the way, I mean uh, the wrestling Tom... world does not deserve
3: Tom Lawler. <laughs> the wrestling world does not deserve Tom Lawler. I'm going to tell you something about Tom and the rest of Team Filthy. Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, J.R. Kratos. We're like a real band of brothers. Like, if I could describe Team Filthy, I would compare it to my life in the military. Where it's just like a bunch of wild boys in the barracks going ape shit, You know, like just having a good (laughs) ass time. And Tom, you know, I used to watch Tom fight for real MMA. You know, like I used to watch him beat the shit out of people you know, and, and he was always a personality, he was, even before his fights, he would always do things that was like, he was a character, you know, like he yeah. just knew how to entertain, and you, you talk about people that come from the UFC and go to wrestling, and there's very few that, in my opinion, really make the transition, mm-hmm. you know, you got guys like, you know, you, I would say Ronda Rousey is one of them that made the transition very well, I would say, um, Matt Riddle is one of them that made the transition, But I would also say Tom Lawler is there too. It's one of the best that transition, in my opinion. You know, you got Ken Shamrock from back in the day that did it. You know what I'm saying? And Tom, he's just he's just he's first of all he loves wrestling. He loves professional wrestling. And with the Team Filthy thing, you know, I, I'm happy to be part of Team Filthy. You know, it's it's like I get to work and team with someone who's a dope ass human being. And even with the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell and Royce, them dudes is dope. They're good wrestlers. They're fun to be around. And Kratos was a big monster. Dope to have by my side. You know what I'm saying? Then we always go out after the shows. We go to get some drinks, we go get food. Like, it's it's like this, you know? And this to me is important. It's important to have that unity, that, that brotherhood, that if you're going to do a team, if you, whether it's tag team or a faction, you can tell when it's not there. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's when it's like this. It shows on TV. It shows in the ring, and we we have that like you know what I'm saying. So it's it's an honor, man. I really love teaming with Tom. I really love being part of Team Filthy. Um, I turned on Rocky Romero to join Team Filthy. Fuck you, Rocky. Um, <laughs> Not here. We
2: love Rocky Romero, but uh... yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Everybody loves Rocky Romero. Not me. We don't agree. We're all big Rocky Romero fans. No, yeah, Rocky's the man. Uh, Rocky's also mad. I'm the better, more charismatic version of him, too. (laughs) (laughs) Man, homicide. Fuck both of them.
4: (laughs) Yeah, no. Tom is definitely a character. Watching him do like his stick at uh, the crossover show last week, and teaming up with Shuri and. Being part of such a historic show is really cool. He fucking
3: loves those girls, by the way. Yeah, he—he loves that style of wrestling so much. So I know that would say him. I know that was special. He's great, yeah. man. He's—he is awesome. Uh, I wanted to
2: take a step back and and ask you a little bit about. Um, so you mentioned give a little bit of a shout out to your time in in AEW during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, you mentioned Dark and Elevation. Uh, you were a big part of kind of the launch of Elevation. Elevation yes. really was uh, when that program first, first hit.
3: First ever match, baby.
2: You you did. You were in the intro. They did a sit down with you. You and Paul White um, mm-hmm. really uh, went into your background, military background, all of that. You even had a match, if I remember correctly. Now, I remember thinking it was a dope match. Uh, Ray Phoenix you faced. Yep. Um, um, on um, Dark. Yeah, Yeah, that was on Dark. Okay, that wasn't on yeah, Elevation. I had
3: Konosuke the- Takeshita on elevation that you did uh Moxley i had i had a lot man man aw did a lot for me you you guys still there yeah yeah yeah, we got you You cut out for a second uh you guys are like frozen on my screen all right cool there you go yeah man aw did a lot for me that they didn't have to do you know um they took a kid who really didn't have nowhere to really wrestle besides New Japan, not that that's not enough, but in the time of pandemic, a lot of the independent wrestling was shut down still, you know, yeah. at that time, people weren't wrestling. I had got out of the military and went full force into wrestling. So I needed to wrestle to be able to support my daughter to live my life, you know, um, I didn't have a regular job. And, you know, I also want to thank Tony Khan because he he saw something in me, all those guys did, you know, and that's why I was put in certain positions. That's why, you know, I felt like I had all the opportunities that I did to wrestle guys like Ray Phoenix, to wrestle guys like Matt Seidel, dynamite debut against Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. You know, I wrestled Kenny twice. I wrestled Konosuke Takeshita. That's probably my favorite match ever, by the way. Um, and they, they, they did the interview with me. They gave me the time on camera to show the world who I am. And I'm forever grateful to them for that because I think that if there was no Danny Limelight during the pandemic at AEW, I don't think Danny Limelight would still be wrestling. I think I would have had to have found a job somewhere to be able to live in L.A., first of all. Um, and and I think that they took a chance on the kid and, and I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun, I Have a lot of respect for Tony Khan. He's a, he's a great Great person. Um a lot of those guys there are, are really dope people. Um and I just I really enjoyed myself. Man, I had some great matches. I had some great times and you know, I'm looking forward to whatever happens in the future.
5: What do you think happened there? I mean, it seems like I mean, all this stuff, it seems like that was seems like you're getting a good push. It seems like you could yeah. have transitioned onto the roster. What do you think happened there at the end?
3: It was my fault. I felt like I was still immature. There was, there was still certain things that I was doing that I didn't quite understand business wise or how I should be conducting myself. Cause I like to party, you know, and it was the pandemic and I was still trying to go out and hit the club. I was doing, I was doing shit that I shouldn't have been doing, you know, if I would have just rolled that line, I would have been good. I I would still be there if I didn't want to wild out and have fun and shit like that, you know, and and just, it was just, it was a professional, professionalism thing. And, you know, it it we, it wasn't bad terms ending like we had a great conversation with the people involved you know it, it's not like I'm banned for life you know it was just so <laughs> all right, you need to go and you need to you know do a little bit more growing up in the professional wrestling world gotcha. before you can come back and i respect them for that cuz if they didn't call me out on my shit it could have got worse probably you know so i was wilding out bro i was like <sighs> in the streets as reg in likes to say street. in the
2: streets <laughs> speaking you know, the is
3: that i i was i was engaged the year before you know and my my fiance my ex-fiance crushed me you know like really did some shit to me and it was the year after and i was like i want to fucking have fun you know i had took a lot of time to try to heal and get myself back up and once i felt good and now i'm making good money at aw fuck yeah I'm in the club I'm in the streets now like right. I want bottles of Hennessy on deck you know I want you know what I'm saying like and anybody that was following me during the pandemic you know, I was in the club every night it felt like
5: I was following you I saw your Instagram it <laughs> yo. was lit I was like yo limelight is yo, I was, I was out.
3: I was the mayor of the streets bro. <laughs> so,
4: speaking of um speaking of drinking brown as well um definitely saw you in the start of the Great O'Conn legendary run in Las Vegas. i for it, dog. <laughs> and, and watching you take shots with Great O'Conn and Emilio Sparks that night. And and I think the clip I think you were like, so what do you think? And then it just felt like it just turned into a hangover montage where this guy was everywhere in Vegas having a time of his Lit.
3: life. <laughs> he had never had Hennessy before that. <laughs> really? I hit, you know, I hit sparks up. i'm hit, I like what did we do to this man wow yeah definitely it was, just, it was just like a coincidence that he was gonna wild out and we had it was just funny like <laughs> obviously the one shot of hennessy is not responsible for great O'Con being great O'Con, right but it was just perfect timing at the first time he takes a shot of hennessy with me then after that He's in the streets doing the same shit that I was doing on my Instagram filter. Because, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that
4: weekend is so legendary for Great O'Conn, because, I mean, before that, he was doing, like, the straightforward, like, kind of, like, mummy gimmick, and then now, he's just, like, ladies' man, Great O'Conn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i love to see it,
3: man. Oh, okay. Shout out to United Empire.
4: They're
3: doing some pretty cool shit, man.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um i don't know if you guys have anything else or you want to wrap this up uh
2: yeah i mean so pretty much i guess the 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 great question out there uh given that you are a free agent is uh, do that to me, huh? uh yeah I, I have to ask i mean what's the goal what is the uh I won't say the end game because nobody in professional wrestling knows exactly what that's going to be. I know what
3: the end game is. The end game is the highest paid actor in Hollywood, like The Rock. Right. So that way somebody could be like, what is Daniel Rivera doing in a wrestling ring? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> Daniel Rivera, you know? Rivera, you know? Right. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: but, but I suppose, uh, what do you see are the steps toward getting there?
3: I want to go to WWE, man no disrespect to any other company I've wrestled everywhere already there's one place I haven't wrestled at and that's where I wanted to be when I was a kid you know I think that that's where I went where I found out about professional wrestling and how to become an independent wrestler was going to a WWE show um of course I'd love to go back to AEW I'd love to go wrestle in Japan I'd love to go do a run with impact you know the x division I feel like I could really shake things up over there but I think that seven-year-old me would want to wrestle in the WWE ring. Respect. Yeah, I, do.
2: It. Yeah, I get it. Uh, at the end of the day, that's, that's what we all grew up with. That's uh, I can, I can say I'm a fan of every other professional wrestling thing out there, but you look behind me and it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, oh,
3: WWE. <laughs> it's, so, it's not like, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm not saying I'm just, Who like everybody who became a professional wrestler wanted to wrestle at WrestleMania, you know, wanted to wrestle in Madison square garden, you know, like that, that's what I hear. That's what I dream about. You know, I dream about becoming a champion in Madison square garden at WrestleMania, you know, like that's, that's the kid in me, you know, that, that wants to, Okay, I've done the AEW, I've done the New Japan, I've done Impact for a Mac. If I, could, if, if I could go back to any of those companies, I'll go give it 100 percent obviously. Like I'll go do my thing. But if you talk about where do I want, like what's the what's the the finish line? I have to get I have to get there. I have to. I have to. Then I can say, I did what I wanted to do. I I I reached my goal. Yeah, I've done a lot. I'm grateful for it. There are some people who will never do half the stuff that I did in the short amount of time that I did it in. But I still haven't been there. I don't want the only time I was ever in a WWE locker room to be doing extra work. To be bringing Alexa Bliss coffee or to be walking Goldberg to the ring of security. That can't be the only thing I ever do with that company. Like, like I need to wrestle there. You know, I need oh. to have a picture with Triple H and he's fucking pointing at me. You know, like that, 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 like, I need to wrestle guys like Ricochet. I need to wrestle people from the bloodline. You know, like I need to, I need to wrestle Johnny Gargano. I need to wrestle, you know, those, like Melo. Like there's so, I can just think of so many people that I haven't wrestled that are there that I want to wrestle. You know, yeah. I've wrestled Kenny Omega. I've wrestled John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Konosuke Takeshta, Ray Phoenix, penta you know like if i if i had to stop right now and pick somebody else from aew that i want to wrestle the only person that would pop right now at the top of my head is Pac that i haven't wrestled you know i mean obviously there are a lot That's of dope. other guys there that i would want to wrestle but just right off all the top of my head Pac. you know daniel bryan is another one chris jericho those would be the three that i would really really want to wrestle right now impact obviously there's a lot of people that i've never wrestled before Right, but like you ask me where do I want to be, man. Like, I, I need to wrestle, I need to be there eventually at some point in my life before I'm done, before I'm in Hollywood, you know.
2: Hey, that it, I hope by the next time we talk to you here on Grapsity that we've, if not achieved some of those goals, we've at least inched a little bit closer. Oh, yeah. and it,
3: starts, it starts December 11, baby. It starts December 11th
2: exactly what I was about to ask Danny anything you want to plug
3: yes first of all Will Philip Righteous Greg I appreciate y'all for having me on grab city with Fightful you guys are dope this is a really good time anybody listening thank you for tuning in make sure you tune in every week to United Wrestling Network make sure you're tuning to New Japan strong make sure you watching and support of wrestling in general whether it's AEW, or this Ring of Honor Impact WWE whatever you watch make sure you're tuning in tapping in supporting professional wrestling you can follow me on all social media at Danny Limelight. December 11th at the Irvine Improv. Danny Limelight versus Jordan Clearwater for the United Wrestling Network World Heavyweight Championship. My boyhood dream about to come true. That's so Appreciate dope. You.
2: Yep. Thank you for being here for another edition of Graph City Interviews. I'm Will Washington. That's Philip Lindsay. That's Righteous Reg for our guest, Danny Limelight. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.